friends, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join in our call to worship. In life and in death, we belong to God. Through storms and struggles, through tragedy and travesty, we belong to God. On good days and bad days, in the highest heavens and in the depths of hell, we belong to God. With laughter and tears, with hope and dreams and fear and trembling, we belong to God. We belong to God. Let us worship the God who creates us and claims us, who delights in us and delivers us.
knowing that we fall short of Jesus' call to follow him, that we often fail to love God with our whole being or share that love with our neighbors or even ourselves, let us come before God with open, honest hearts, confessing our sin together. Let us pray. Merciful God, our lives are in your hands. You knit us together and call us by name. There is nothing that can shake the hold you have on us, and yet we turn away. We believe your promises are too good to be true, that they come with conditions and prerequisites, that they bear exclusionary clauses and expiration dates. We have bought into the lie that we belong to the world, that we are subject to the demands and dangers of commerce and culture. Remind us with our every breath that we belong to you. the good news. As people born of water and the Spirit, we have died to the old life and a new life has begun. God's grace is poured upon us every day. Be thankful and live as one who has been raised to new life. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Since we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, let us share that sign of reconciliation with one another. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Please greet one another with a sign of Christ's peace.
friends, welcome once again to worship on this Lord's Day. If you're making your way back to your seat, that is just fine. No need to rush. It is good to greet one another, and we are glad to be a place where everyone is eager to do so. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, your presence here among us makes us better. So thank you for being here and making us who we are. If you have not already and you are seated near the ends of a pew and have access to those maroon pew pads, if you would sign your name and pass it on down and back again. As it makes its way across, feel free to look inside and see the names of those who are worshiping near you. And if there is someone new to you, I invite you to introduce yourself and change that before you leave today so that everyone might feel at home here. As you are doing that, a few announcements to share with you. A reminder that immediately after worship today, we will gather for a picnic in the park at Central Park. So those who wish to walk over together can gather in the church house lobby. And I know I just said immediately, but about 10 minutes after worship concludes, we'll head on over. For those of you that might want to head on out your, on your own or might be coming a little bit later, we'll be meeting just inside the south entrance off of 72nd Street. Um, if you are among the first ones there, you should see some tables with food and games set out. Everyone is invited to join, um, even if you did not remember to RSVP, we'd be glad to have you. Another reminder that adult education started up today, uh, but just wanted to make you aware of that. So if you wish to come early in future weeks, you are able to do so. The next four weeks are a study of the Gospel of Luke, led by Beverly Bartlett. That happens at 1010 in the parish hall each Sunday. Something new to us just this day, uh, we have large print bulletins that are available now, so know that if that is something that would assist you in worshiping, we have them on the table near the wheelchair entrance, or you can simply ask an usher, and we will be glad to provide that for you. Some of you have inquired how you might respond to Hurricane Dorian and all of the devastation that has uh, been left in its wake. We will get a link to you. The way that we Presbyterians respond to that is through Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. We will get a link in our pastoral staff letter and in next week's bulletin. If you are eager and want that information sooner, you can Google Presbyterian Disaster Assistance and find your way that way. Lastly, in worship today, we will bless backpacks and briefcases and any other bag that you might have brought with you as a way to start a new academic year. We are going to do that during the prayers of the people this year. So children who leave for children's worship will return a little bit earlier than normal, right after the sermon, and uh, so they can get back to their seats and claim their bags. And then during the prayers of the people, any who wish to receive a blessing or a tag for a bag are invited forward at that time. Sometimes I feel like the announcements are as long as anything else we do, but that just means that this is a busy place and these are the details of how we share our life together. But let us continue and worship now with a word from scripture. The first scripture lesson today comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. But first, let us pray. Settle us, O God, 
Settle our hearts and our minds. Quiet everything that overwhelms or distracts. And open us to hearing these ancient words that still give us life today. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. And at another moment, I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it. But if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Look, I am a potter, shaping evil against you, and devising a plan against you. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way, and amend your ways and your doings. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
any children or young people forward now. All right, you want to join me at the stairs, Owen? You can come sit. I think Patrick's coming. Yeah, here comes Patrick. Oh, here's Christopher. Good morning. How are y'all? Good, I'm so glad you're here. You make us better by being here. So I'm wondering, I think maybe one of you saw these bags. Did you see these bags in the back? Do you see that back there? No? They're all the way in the narthex. You'll see them on the way out. So these are worship bags. And we have a blue one and we have a red one. And the blue one was made for first graders and under. And the red one was made for second graders and up. And so let's see what we're gonna, what's in these bags. So we have some instructions, right? We have a sermon activity sheet. This is for those children who decide to stay in worship. We have a coloring page. We have a children's uh, worship bulletin. So you are learning the exact same thing as all of the adults out here are learning. You, there is a note for parents. We have a Bible and crayons and pencils, bookmarks to mark the hymns and anything else we do. And then we have some pipe cleaners to, for your hands whenever you want to play with something, right? So if you don't have one, maybe after children's worship, if you decide to go to that, you can go grab one in the back. But do you know why we have these? Why do we have this? Any thoughts? They help us worship God. They teach us how to worship God. And when we worship God, we're telling God how much we love God and how thankful we are for God and all that God does in our life. So I have a job for you every week you come here. Can you promise to do this job? All right, so when you get here, go grab a bag. And then if you are listening and you're wondering, why are we passing the peace? Or why are we praying right now? Turn to your parent or your guardian and ask quietly those questions. And then sing and pray, color and play with the pipe cleaners. Maybe draw me a picture, draw Jenny a picture, Beverly a picture, and then tell us all about it at the end of worship. And we do all of this so we worship God. And always remember to return the bags. That's a big help for me. So, can you pray with me? And I'm going to ask the congregation to pray as well so that we can teach our littlest disciples how to pray. Okay, so repeat after me. Loving God, we worship you. 
because we love you. We worship you because we are thankful for all you do in our lives. Help us to continue to learn how to worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you are uh, second graders and under, you are welcome to go to children's worship if you'd like. Our second scripture reading today is the same as the words we just sang together, but they are words that we can't hear often enough. So hear now these words from Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. That I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A number of years ago, the Reverend Jeremy Troxler visited a cemetery in the Channel Islands. This cemetery is dedicated to soldiers who died during World War II. The thing about this cemetery, Reverend Troxler says, is that no one knows exactly who is buried there. It's the cemetery that honors the unknown soldiers of the war. Now there is a gravestone there for each one, as best they were able to determine, but there are no birth dates and no death dates. There's not a single name. 
But even still, those gravestones are not empty. Inscribed across each and every one of them are the words, known by God. It is a remarkable thing to be known by God. It is holy, and I submit to you, it is the source of our greatest joy. We'll be talking about joy for the next several weeks here. The Westminster Catechism is among the primary statements of faith upon which our Presbyterian tradition stands. It's written in question and answer format, and back in the day, in many churches, prior to joining, you were expected to memorize large sections of it and be prepared to answer any of the questions that selected at random might be asked of you. Now, I am grateful, and I suspect that at least some of you are too, that we no longer engage in that practice. I don't think those questions and answers ought to be mandatory but neither do I think they should be forgotten. Especially the very first question, as it appears in both the longer and shorter versions, it reads, what is the chief end of humanity? Or in other words, what is our purpose? Why are we here? And why should we even bother to get up every morning? What is the chief end of humanity? According to the Westminster Catechism, it is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. To glorify God. Now, I don't want to sound presumptuous here, but by being together today, by coming to worship at all, I think, or at least I hope, that we are bringing glory to God. I hope that we all do that at other times as well, but at a minimum, we do our best with that here each week. But that's only half of the answer, to glorify God and enjoy God forever. When is the last time you enjoyed God? When is the last time you thought, I absolutely delight in God? It's a question that we might not ask ourselves very often, but we ignore it at our own peril. Recently, a remarkably distinguished panel of theologians, including Jürgen Moltmann, Marianne May Thompson, N.T. Wright, and Miroslav Wolf, all contributed to a book centered around one theme. It was centered around their conviction that joy stands at the very center of the Christian life and that it well might be the American church's lack of attention to joy that has contributed to the decline of so many congregations. Now sometimes we mistake happiness for joy. Happiness feels good, but it is always fleeting because it's dependent upon conditions. Joy, on the other hand, is unstoppable. It is a state of being. So with that in mind, when is the last time you thought about how joyful you are or how joyful you might be? Prophets and poets, professors and pastors of all different varieties have weighed in on their definition of joy. 
From the Apostle Paul to St. Augustine, from Moltmann to Matthews, from Krista Tippett to Ross Gay, theologians of all times and places and circumstances have offered their thoughts, and they vary greatly, but they agree on one thing. They all agree that joy is not fully possible without both human and divine connection. In other words, joy is not possible without our being connected both to what is happening right in front of us and to what is happening far beyond us. We'll come back to this in the weeks ahead, but for today, first and foremost, what we know of joy, we know because we belong to God. You belong to God, a God that knows you and loves you simply because you are. Not because of anything you have done, not because of where you live or what you do, not because of the balance of your bank account or your list of good works, not because of the depth of your faith or the degrees on your wall. You belong to God who knows and loves you simply because you exist. And never have I heard this better expressed in human terms than by a six-year-old boy named Alex. Alex was in the room one day when a news report came on the television about a bombing in Syria. The enduring image of that tragedy was a little boy with a head wound. Alex couldn't stop thinking about that little boy, so he wrote this letter to then-President Obama. Do you remember the boy who was picked up by the ambulance in Syria? Can you please go get him and bring him to my home? You can park in the driveway or on the street. We will be waiting for you with flags and flowers and balloons. We will give him a family and he will be our brother. Catherine, my little sister, she will be collecting butterflies and fireflies for him. In my school, I have a friend from Syria, Omar. I will introduce him to Omar. We can all play together. We can invite him to birthday parties and he will teach us another language. We can teach him English too, just like my friend Aoto from Japan. Please tell him that his brother will be Alex, who is a very kind boy, just like him. Catherine will share her big blue stripy white bunny, and I will share my bike and I will teach him how to ride it. I will teach him additions and subtractions in math, and he can even smell Catherine's lip gloss, which is green. She doesn't let anyone else touch it. Thank you very much. I cannot wait for you to get here. Alex didn't know anything about that little boy. He didn't know his name or his age, his favorite food or his hobbies. He just saw his picture and knew he was a little boy that needed to be loved, that needed a place to belong. He knew nothing else, and even still he wrote, we will give him a family and he will be our brother. If a six-year-old is capable of this kind of welcome and acceptance, how much more so is God? You belong to God no matter what. 
Now, I imagine that there may be some of you who are thinking that no matter what applies to everyone but you, that you are the exception to the rule. And so if you happen to be in that place today, remember the cemetery in the Channel Islands. Remember that the truest truth about you is that you are known deeply by God, and the God who knows all about you claims you. And remember the promise of the psalmist. You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. If I am being honest, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear you have searched me is the security line at airports. I have gone through security lines 18 times this year. I am not an anxious traveler, and yet each and every time I make it through the metal detector or the body scanner, and each and every time my bag makes it through the x-ray machine, I still breathe a sigh of relief, as if a bottle of liquid totaling four ounces instead of the allowable three might have worked its way into my bag unbeknownst to me. Being searched isn't always the most comforting thing to think about. It can actually make us feel incredibly vulnerable. Maybe that is why, paradoxically, this psalm shows up in so many of our most vulnerable moments. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, you are there. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even darkness is not dark to you. I have recited those words in a hospital room before surgery, at a bedside right after a death, I have recited these words welcoming a newborn baby and saying goodbye inside of prison walls. Because these words reassure us that the God we belong to knows everything about us from the hairs on our heads to the beat in our hearts, from the mistakes we made yesterday to the good we will do tomorrow. God knows all about us and in spite of that, no, actually because of that, God loves us. You belong to God. There are no take-backs, no exceptions, no trial periods, no probation. You have been searched and found acceptable. You have been found more than acceptable. You have been found beloved. Howard Thurman said it this way, In the presence of the knowing God, we are relieved of all necessity of pretending. This does not mean that our limitations are extinguished and that our sins are no longer sins. What it does mean is that in the presence of the knowing God, even our limitations and sins can be dealt with. There is nothing that cannot be understood and dealt with in our lives when we are in the presence of the all-comprehending God. What a relief that we have no need to pretend. While he was in prison, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a poem called Who Am I? 
He wrote about the difference he perceived between what others said about him and what he felt about himself. He wrote, who am I, this man or that other? Am I then this man today and tomorrow another? Am I both all at once? Am I an imposter to others, but to me little more than a whining and despicable weakling? They mock me, these lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am, you know me. God, you know I am yours. You do not have to pretend. You are known through and through, and whoever you are, you belong. That is one of God's greatest truths and deepest joys. May we find joy in it as well. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
please standing as you are able. Let us respond to the hearing of God's word by affirming our faith together, using the declaration of faith that you find printed in your bulletins. We believe in one true and living God. God is greater than our understanding. We do not fully comprehend who God is or how God works. The Lord's requirements are not always what we think. The Lord's care for us is not always what we want. Even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. We can have confidence in God's coming kingdom, even in the darkest of times. Jesus is the long-expected Savior. He was born of woman, as is every child, yet born of God's power, as was no other child. Throughout birth, life, death, and resurrection, he brings about the relationship between God and humanity that God had always attended. The Holy Spirit is God active in the world. The Spirit makes real in us what God has done for us. As long as we live, we will struggle with sin. But the Spirit's presence assures us God will complete what has been begun in us. We must not set our ultimate reliance on any other help. We must not yield unconditional obedience to any other power. We must not love anyone or anything more than we love God. We praise and enjoy God. To worship God is highest joy. To serve God is perfect freedom. Amen. Please be seated. As we, move in, as we move into this time of prayer, we invite all those with backpacks or bags or who otherwise wish to be blessed as we start a new year to come forward. The blessing will reach you, even if you stay in your seat. That's the good news. And even if you forgot your bag, you can come forward. <laughs> so when we pray today, we have a slightly different response than normal. When one of us says, we love you, God, we invite you to respond with, be with us, God. We love you, God. Be, be with, with us, us, God. Let's pray together. God of all new beginnings, we come to you this day at the start of a new school year, the start of a new season, the start of more than we can even imagine. We pray your blessings upon every student and teacher, every administrator and bus driver, every custodian and guidance counselor. We pray for all those who help us to learn and give thanks that education is readily available to us. We love you, God. Be, Be with, with us, God. God. We pray for each part of our days, for time in class and time on the playground, for time spent reading and time spent writing. We pray for time at work and time at home, for the times we wake up and the times we go to sleep. We love you, God. Be, Be with, with us, God. God. We pray for open minds and hearts, that we would learn answers, but that we would also learn kindness. We pray for wisdom, but also for compassion. 
not just at school, but at home, in our city, and all throughout the world. We love you, God. Be, Be with, with us, God. We pray for the people who are part of our lives, the ones we see every day, the ones we see at church, the ones who are part of our church family, even if we don't see them very often. We pray especially for those who are sick or hurting, for those in need of a friend or in need of extra love. We pray especially today in gratitude for the life of Herbert P. Stellwagen, in whose honor the chancel flowers are dedicated. We love you, God. Be, Be with, with us, God. We pray for the world, for all the places where there is too much fighting and not enough food, where there is too much violence and not enough clean water, where there is too much devastation and not enough help, where there is too much hate and not enough love. Help everyone live like you want us to live. We love you, God. Be, Be with, with us, God. Finally, God, we pray your blessing upon these bags, the ones here in front of us and the ones still tucked away at home. We pray your blessing upon them because they are signs of the work we will do, each in our own way working to be the person you made us to be, giving to the world something only we can give. Bless these bags, O oh God, and all those who carry them. We love you, God. Be, be with, with us, us, God. And together all God's children say, Amen. Amen. Now we have tags up here for those of you that want to grab one that are up here right now. Tags that can go on your bags. They say, peace be with you. On one side that's in English and on the other side it's in Spanish. That is a message the world can use today, I think. So feel free to grab a tag and head on back to your seats. For those of you that may want a tag but didn't feel quite confident enough to come up now, you can pick up a tag when you make your way forward for communion. We have so much to be grateful for. All that we have is a gift from our loving and generous God. So with love and generosity ourselves, let us collect our morning offering.
be seated. The prophet Isaiah said, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Let those who have no money come and eat. God will satisfy our souls with a rich feast, and we will bless the Lord as long as we live. This is not the table of this church or any church. It is Christ's table, and Christ invites all who thirst and hunger to drink and eat. So come, you who thirst for meaning and hunger for hope, you who thirst for righteousness and hunger for justice, you who thirst for truth and hunger for wholeness. In this bread and cup, Jesus gives of himself to quench our thirst and satisfy our hunger, that we may be strengthened to go into the world as his faithful disciples. Whether you are young or old or somewhere in between, whether you have been here often or not in a while, wherever you are on life's journey of repentance, returning to God, Christ invites you to this table which he has prepared. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Indeed, the heavens tell of your glory just as they proclaim your handiwork, O God. Light opened an empty void to shine on your careful details, and the night emerged to bring forth the stars that shine and the moon that glows. You put in order a chaotic world and then brought forth peace. And even when we could not keep that peace as steady as you would like, you continue to be a presence in our world, even to today. You fold us and mold us in your hands, taking the mess that we are and creating structure and beauty. From the beginning, you have known us to the core of our being. And we ask, where can we go from your spirit or flee from your presence? And the answer is absolutely nowhere. You are right here with us wherever we might go, just as you were with those before us. And so we join our voices with the company of heaven who forever sing to the glory of your holy name. your Holy Son, who is so full of grace and truth that we cannot help but follow him. Born in the stillness of night, he knew the love of family and stranger alight and brought forth a new kind of joy into this world. And then towards the end, in humility and trust, he laid down his life to rise again, only to bring more unexpected joy into this world. And so with our hearts inspired, seeking more nourishment for the week ahead, may your sp spirit come. May it rest upon our hearts, upon this table, and upon this ordinary bread and cup we share. 
And may your voices forever join, ringing delight as we proclaim the mystery of faith. As we share one loaf and one cup, may we become one with the world, joining our voices one more time as we sing the prayer your Son taught us. Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, said, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. Every time you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul tells us that every time we eat this bread and share this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. These are holy things to make us holy, the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep the feast.
Let us pray. Once again, O God, you have welcomed us to your table and sustained us with your presence in this ordinary bread and cup. Send us out renewed and refreshed to be your body in this world, serving as you would serve and loving others as you love us. In Christ we pray. Amen.